Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. song goes on for one like me, for one like you, for all of us, basically, because the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus is in this very room. Amen. 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 So thank you, Miss Ginger, for that uh, beautiful rendition. <laughs> yes, indeed. So as we mentioned last week, we're going to uh, continue the, uh, the message that we began last week. We didn't get to quite through it. Um, so we're still in Matthew chapter 7, and uh, the Sermon on the Mount, of course, Jesus is teaching the people, he's teaching us, and beginning at verse 1, verse 1, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank? in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. And then at verse 12 also, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Our Father in God, we thank you for the truth that you are here with us. Lord, we thank you for that tremendous Sunday school lesson that and the wonderful promise that we live forever because of you, because you chose to save us, because you chose to send your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for our sin, that we might have life, that we might be forgiven of our sins and have fellowship, a relationship, life everlasting, everlasting together with you. And the wonderful promise that once again we will see those loved ones who have passed from this life and have gone into eternity, those who have accepted Christ as their Savior, those who believe in you and 
although we can't see them physically, yet they are alive with you. One day we will all be caught up together to meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air, and so ever be together with the Lord. Tremendous, tremendous promise, and we thank you, Lord, for that. And how sad for those who refuse to believe in you, to accept your love. We pray, we pray, Father, for anyone here today who doesn't know you as their Lord, as their King, their Savior, that today they'll come to know you. Whether they're here in this service or listening by podcast or over the internet, we pray, dear Father, for their salvation. Now, Lord, as we study your word, we pray that you be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit who illumines our understanding, who makes clear thy holy word. Speak to us, Father, we pray, to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, giving thanks. Amen. Amen. And so that was quite a tremendous uh, Sunday school lesson when you consider the promise, those promises that God has given to us. Now, he hasn't given those promises just to us. He's given those promises to the entire human race. But only those who accept the Lord as their Savior will experience that tremendous blessing. And sadly, those who refuse to receive the Lord are going to spend an eternity in hell. And the Bible makes it very clear. God is not willing that anyone perish, but that all come to a saving knowledge, that all come to know the Lord as their Savior, so that they can enter into that eternal home. God has some tremendous things in store for those who love him. Well, this passage here, and I got to thinking while I was, while I was reading it, I guess we had to have a double portion of this. <laughs> Because um, the truth is, we find it easy to judge others, don't we? Yes, we, we do. I should have heard an amen or a yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we, in fact, do find it easy to judge others. And we're usually impatient with others, but very patient with ourselves. Is that right? <laughs> and yet... The Lord says that we're not to judge. Now, just to quickly going through these, uh, these points here. The first point, do not judge. To distinguish, to decide. The word that's used in, in the Greek has many, many different uh, definitions and can be used in many different uh, contexts. But what Jesus is teaching us here is that we don't have the right to condemn anyone. And I believe last week I said that this is perhaps one of the best-known verses in all of the Bible because it's quoted not just by believers but by unbelievers also. The, unbeliev the unbelievers like to say, who are you to judge me, right? Isn't that right? Yeah. 
you probably had unbelievers say, well, who are you to judge me? What makes you think that, that you're so much better than I am? Well, they, they do have a point. We're no better than anyone else. We all must come to the foot of the cross. Amen? Amen. We all come to the foot of the cross. No one is any better than anyone else. And we all belong to the one race called the human race. Created in God's image. But God has not called us to the ministry of condemnation. Let me repeat that. God has not called us to the ministry of condemnation. No. But rather the ministry of reconciliation. We are, as one uh, preacher put it, one beggar showing another beggar where to get bread. You see, we are pointing the way to the Lord Jesus. That is what we're to be about. Not pointing the finger at people condemning them. That is not our ministry. Now, we are, however, to distinguish between right and wrong. And we are to stand up for right. If a person, and whoever that person is, whatever walk of life, they take a position that is against or contradicts what the Bible teaches is right, we are to always stand up for that which is right, but we are not to be shaking our fist in their face about it, but rather opening our arms and our hands and asking. And the Bible says even begging that they come to know the love of Christ. Jesus says do not judge. What is the standard for judging and distinguishing? Of course we use the scripture to distinguish but only God has the authority to condemn. We do not have that authority. In the last chapter of the book of Matthew, the Lord said, go into all the world, right? And, and teach them all the things that I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even into the end of the age. We're to go making disciples. Notice he didn't say, I want you to go condemning and judging. You notice that? He didn't say that. So then why do we do it? <laughs> because we're all sinners, that's why. Because we really are all less than we should be. Yet, God continues to work in each of our lives to live out that, that potential that every human being has. You have tremendous potential. Now, you might be surprised to know this. You actually have more potential now than you've ever had in your life. You say, well, wait a minute. When I was younger, I could do this and this and all that. Oh, but 
Look at how wise we are <laughs> You really do know better, don't you? <laughs> and you may have been like those who said, well, you know, if I could go back, you know, just a few years <laughs> and do a few things differently, or if I would have made a, you know, a few different decisions, etc. Well, there's no going back. There's no going back. We only have today. And certainly we can plan for, for tomorrow. But remember that we live in the present day. So today, I want to encourage you to live life to its fullest, amen, in such a way that you bring honor to the Lord by offering bread, as it were, to the hungry, the bread of life the Lord himself. God is the only righteous judge with the authority to condemn. Now, there are things when you look at the scripture though that require the church to be responsible in its behavior, especially dealing with fellow believers within, within a congregation. Yet, we read verse 12, which some refer to as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And yet, there are a countless number, and I have a whole page here of, of, of verses. In the first century church, in the early church, you would not believe the behavior of some of the Christians in some of the churches. And I would even be embarrassed to share with you if you're not knowledgeable of some of the things that were going on in some of the congregations. How about if I just mentioned this one? Incest. You, you know what that is. You see, Christians today are under this false impression that the first century churches, all of these churches, you know, the, like we're studying in Thessalonica and Corinth and Rome, etc., that these were all perfect churches, that everybody was just the most dedicated Christian, just the most loving and kind. No, nothing is further from the truth than that. They were filled with tremendous issues, problems, moral problems, immoral lifestyles, lying and cheating and, and drunkenness, and you go and just go on and on the list. You say, what? I never heard that. That's why all of these things were written to address those issues. Here's one for you. In Corinth, when they would have the Lord's Supper, they would actually have a supper. And they would bring food. And the, the wealthier folks would, would gather on one side of the room. And the poorer folks would gather on another side of the room. And then they, they'd eat. And they'd get drunk. And so the Apostle Paul had to write to them to say, What you're doing is not good. So was he condemning them? No, 
But he was judging, wasn't he? He was distinguishing between right and wrong. And churches have the responsibility of doing that, just as every parent has the responsibility of doing that with their children. And sadly, in our, our country, I tell you, there's, there's a tremendous spiritual warfare and darkness in our country. And so many who are, who are in positions of leadership have given in to spiritual wickedness. The idea that the government is going to pass a law, and this is, this is being done in, in some states, whereby a child, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, can decide their own gender, and the school will then recognize them as that without parental permission. That is wrong. It is wrong. Now, we're not condemning those leaders for doing that, but what we are saying is that is wrong. It is not consistent with what the Bible teaches. And as Christians, we should not be confused by that. And we bear responsibility to proclaim what is right. Without apology. We don't apologize for preaching the truth. We're not to water down God's standard. You see... In the time of the Lord Jesus, when he walked upon the earth, that's one of the reasons that he became so upset with the religious leaders of his day. They had actually written a whole host of their own physicians and had set aside God's word. Oh, they would read it in the synagogue worship services, but they held the people to their own standards. He said, you teach... Instead of the Word of God, you teach your own traditions, and you set the Word of God aside. That should not be done. And we here in the church should never do that. We should always proclaim the truth, God's truth. We are to distinguish between right and wrong. Now, we'll move on to the second point here. Judgment involves both the heart and vision. Focusing on the faults of other people, we, we shouldn't do that. We, we really shouldn't do that. That shouldn't be the discussion, you know, that we have at the breakfast table. How so-and-so, or did you see how so-and-so was dressed? Or, or can you believe how so-and-so had their hair? Or can you believe how so-and-so... My goodness. There's so much more to talk about than so-and-so and their faults. And if you don't have anything else to talk about, then, as one preacher said, just keep your trap shut. <laughs> if you don't have something nice to say about someone else 
My goodness. You should always talk about the Lord. Because there's so much to talk about and to discuss regarding the Lord, is there not? Consider that lesson today. That lesson today, you could continue to discuss that lesson for hours, could you not? Or for days. And then people like to exaggerate the faults of others. It, because it makes people feel good. Well, I, I guess I'm not so bad. So-and-so you know, and so-and-so and so does this and that. Well, I guess I'm not so bad. Being like the Pharisee, right? Being like the Pharisee. Well, I'm glad you didn't make me like this tax collector over here. See, they didn't like tax collectors then. You still don't like tax collectors. <laughs> That poor guy, guy just doing his job, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then overlooking your own faults, and Jesus refers to it as hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Now, I think I've shared this with you before, and I, I know I've shared it with the uh, individuals and maybe small groups. So, when I'm inviting people to church and you know, trying to lead someone to the Lord, and they'll, they'll often say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. They'll, they'll say that. People will say that. And then they're real surprised because I'll agree with them. And I'll say, well, well you're right. You're right. And then they're shocked when I say the next thing. Because I'll say, so you fit right in? <laughs> and you know, they kind of, they, 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 you know, they look at me. <laughs> you're right, the church is full of hypocrites. You fit right in because the truth is, is that you're a hypocrite as well. And then you would think, well, people will get real offended at that. But I'll, I'll quickly say, but isn't it true? Have you ever said something and then you did something else, or you said you'd never do something, but then in fact did it. You know, and they all, I, I've yet to have someone say, no, no, that's not true. Because the fact is, is that we are all hypocrites. We don't like to admit it. We don't like to admit that we're guilty, but we are. That is the truth. Now, I wish I could stand up and say, oh, yes, I've never done that. But, oh, I would never do that. Oh, absolutely. I would never do that. I would never say that. Or even think that. But I'd be lying. I would be lying. And I, I wish I could say, oh, I never told a lie. But you know and I know that we've all told lies. That we've all been dishonest. That we, we've all sinned. We've all sinned. And the Bible says, but yet, for Christ's sake, forgive. Amen? Just as God has forgiven you, you are to forgive others. And we can become impatient with, with one another. Yeah, we're patient with ourselves, but we become so impatient with others. We have double standards. And yet, consider how patient God is with us. He's so patient. 
So, a self-examination is, is in, in order. Jesus put it this way, and he used the hyperbole, right? You have a little, right, the, the person you're, you're judging has this tiny little speck in their eye. And you've got this huge two-by-four, you know? I don't, maybe you have a two-by-six. <laughs> yeah. And he says, look at you. And you're, you're judging this guy, yet you don't even recognize that you have this beam sticking out of your own eye. He says, you need to look inwardly first, always, every day. Throughout each day, look inwardly and be guided by God the Holy Spirit. You see, and, and, and God the Holy Spirit, his desire is not to depress us or discourage us, no. But rather, rather to lead us to the point where we confess, when we admit, when we take responsibility and come to God to be healed, to be forgiven, to be cleansed. I've shared with you before when uh, I would do something as a, as a, as a boy, my father uh, would discipline me and he, he'd always say, now Michael, I want you to explain to me why you did this. He says, because you're a good boy. And only bad boys do these things. So can you explain to me why a good boy would do this? <laughs> and I'd be thinking, I'm a good boy? <laughs> course, then he administered that punishment, you know. But sincere confession results in forgiveness and gratitude. Of all people, my goodness, shouldn't we be filled with gratitude? When you consider all that God has done for us and has done and promises to do for us in the future. Now confession, forgiveness, and gratitude, and I've highlighted that, should result in humility and clarity of vision. Understanding ourselves that we are not perfect, but we serve a perfect Savior. Amen one who wants us to treat others with, with love and respect. And I've mentioned this many times. You go to the store, I feel so in my heart for some of the clerks, you know, and the, and the, the men and the women at the checkout, you know, in the grocery stores or the post office. Or how about the DMV? <laughs> And people treat them so, so disrespectfully. <coughs> and like the tax collector, they're doing a job. It's a job that's necessary. If everyone was really honest and, 
actually paid their, their, their taxes without trying to cheat, you wouldn't need all the agents, right? Kind of like if everybody obeyed the law, you wouldn't need police officers. But we should demonstrate humility and clarity of vision, understanding who we are and in relation to others. And then lastly here, God the Holy Spirit gives accurate discernment and empowers humble hearts for service. That is effective service. Jesus says, you, you've got to deal with this beam that you have in your own eye. If you're going to minister to others, if you're going to help your brother or your sister, then your heart has to be right. You have to be right. That is, in a right relationship with God and with yourself. We've mentioned many times, we have, we have this, this vertical relationship with God. We have a hor horizontal relationship with, with others. And we, we also have an, a personal inward relationship with ourselves. We were doing a little work the other day in the house, and Cheryl came along and said, who are you talking to? I was talking to myself. <laughs> you know, thinking about how in the world did I make that mistake, you know, putting some stuff together. And, you know, and then you have to go back and you have to redo it. But we have this relationship with ourselves, and, and those three relationships have to be in right order if we really are going to minister to others. Now, lastly, here, the last point. What is Jesus teaching in this portion of the sermon? He says, cast not your pearls before swine. Give not that which is holy to the dogs. Well, the scholars believe that what Jesus was referring to there was the, the, the meat that was placed on the altar, considered sacred. See, that meat was brought to the priest, and the priest then offered it. It was an offering. That meat was sacred. But what do you know about a dog? A dog's going to eat whatever you put in front of it, right? They don't know and they don't care if it's good for them or not. Especially if they're hungry. You throw that piece of meat in front of them, they're, they're, they're going to gobble it up. <laughs> See? They don't know the value or the quality, if you will, of the meat. All they know is, <clears throat> meat, eat. <laughs> like some men you know. <laughs> and then this, this casting of pearls. And, and some have said, well, you know, pearls, right, they're, they're hard. And they, they might be mistaken by a pig for peas or beans. And they... They then take a bite, and all of a sudden, you know, it's not a bean. It's not a pea. It's something hard that can't be eaten, and they just might get a little upset with the one who's giving that to them and then turn and attack them. But dogs can also become rather angry. Have you ever um, 
petted a dog while they're eating? It's not wise to do that. I did that once as a little boy. I only did it once. <laughs> okay. This little, you know, beautiful little dog that we had. Just was it. <laughs> okay. So what is Jesus saying here? He says, you have been entrusted with the treasure of heaven. Now stop for a moment and consider. Consider this. Does this ought to do something for your self-esteem? You know, all this talk about self-esteem. God has entrusted us with the treasure of heaven. God's holy word. God's holy word. God's heavenly love letter to the human race. God has written a letter to us. Person says, Well, if God wrote a letter to you, what would it say? Right here. Right here. God has written to us a letter, and it is a treasure. He says, Don't use it disrespectfully. Don't misuse it. And this is one that, that we struggle with. You remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus went through that with him. Well, you know the commandments, etc., etc. And he said, well, I, I've kept all of those since I was, you know, very young. And he said, yeah, but one thing, one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. What was Jesus saying? He, he, he said, those, those riches that you have, those have become your God. Those are your idols. You need, to, you need to give those things up. Now that was for that individual, that person. But what is, what is Jesus saying to us? What point is he making here? He's given to us the treasure of his holy word. Now, that rich young ruler, it says, he turned and he walked away. Why didn't Jesus go after him? Why didn't Jesus go running after him? Did he not love him? Yes, the Bible says that looking at him, he loved him. But he didn't go running after him. He shared the message with him. The man turned and walked away. Sometimes we don't know when to keep our mouths shut. Sometimes when we're speaking to someone who doesn't believe in the Lord, we say too much and they become angry or they become disrespectful or they begin to profane, to curse and to swear. I shared once when I was out at uh, Nellis, I was stationed out here at Nellis long ago, and really interesting, my, my office was actually in the chapel <laughs> at, a, at an area too. And um, 
the chapel was no longer in use, so we used it in, to, uh, to train the, uh, uh, the Air Force police, uh, the new recruits and such that came in, and, and, and I was a trainer. But in my office, I had Bibles and tracts and all, all kinds of things. And this, uh, this one guy came in, um, and I was sharing or attempting to share the Lord with him. And oh my goodness, he, he, he said all kinds of things, okay? And then I, I handed him a Bible, and he took it and he threw it down. And so, you know, I bent down, I picked it up, and I just said, don't die soon. Well, that might be an example of what Jesus is saying. What he's saying is, be wise in how you share the gospel. And don't press it to the point where you see that the person, you follow, is becoming angry like an angry dog or a black pig. Another example is, if you're planting a garden, especially here in Southern Nevada. And I asked my little granddaughter this. I said, if you're, if, if you're going to plant a garden and you know that the, the soil that you have is very poor, what must you do? She said, well, you, you have to replace that soil with fertile soil. That's right. You see, go to where there is reception. Jesus sent them out two by two, and he said, wherever you go, if they don't accept you, what were they to do? They were to shake the dust off of their shoes or their sandals and to move on to the next town. And then wherever they accepted you, you stay there and you, and you preach and you teach. You follow? What, what he has given to us is a treasure. And there are some people who even though they're an unbeliever, will receive that treasure. They'll accept it, and they'll respond. And there are others who will throw it back in your face. But if you keep on, you run the risk of them becoming vile or profane the name of the Lord. Understand what you're called to do. And then, quickly... Take responsibility for your attitude-based behavior toward others. Arrogant condemnation or sincere concern. What do we mean by that? When you're talking about something, are you actually condemning them with what you're saying? Or are you speaking out of sincere concern? I can tell you, it, it angers me when I hear of some of the laws that have already been passed and some of the laws that are being considered in Congress. It, it angers me. Now, I, I pray for them. I pray that they'll come to know the Lord as their Savior and that those things won't go through. But we have no right to condemn anyone. Only God can do that. 
but we bear responsibility to pray for righteousness to prevail in our country and in our lives and in our churches. But we have to be careful that we're not arrogantly condemning someone, but rather speaking out of sincere concern. And then lastly, the golden rule. Treat others as you desire to be treated. It's so easy to become impatient with one another, isn't it? Yes, it is. And there's a secret to being patient. One is getting enough sleep. <laughs> the other is being prayed up. <laughs> Person says, well, I don't know, how do, you, how do you get prayed up? You have to keep on praying. You have to keep on praying, praying all the time. I had one man tell me once, he said, well, God doesn't want you praying about these little small little things. I said, oh, oh, yes, he does. Absolutely. Everything just, just falls into place, you know. Even the smallest little things. Pray. Pray. Well, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I can hear my Savior calling. We're going to stand, please, and as we sing, you give your heart to the Lord. You make your commitment to Him. Maybe you've struggled with, with some of these things. We've all struggled. But maybe right now in your heart, you have some real issues toward someone else. I'm gonna, I want to encourage you, by the word of the Lord, to forgive them. Forgive them. Whoever they are, whatever walk of life, whatever it is, forgive and pray for them. Pray that they, if they don't know the Lord, will come to know the Lord as their Savior. And if they know the Lord, pray that their, that their relationship with the Lord will be enhanced. And pray God's richest blessing upon them. As we sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.